Welcome to the Yoga Teacher Business Foundation course, designed to help teachers finally nail their niche, grow their confidence and their business savvy, and generate a consistent income of £2,000 sterling or more a month teaching part-time. If you found filling your classes and growing your community frustrating, you're in the right place. These podcasts are deliberately designed as bite-sized nuggets of information to help you move from struggle and frustration to a career which is not only emotionally rewarding, but financially too. If you're a yoga teacher who's trying to generate any kind of regular income and make some kind of a sustainable business, whether that's just a little extra on the side or your main source of income, or you're trying to quit another job and replace that income from teaching instead, then you're straying into business head territory as opposed to yoga teacher head territory. And those two heads require completely different skills and thinking. Because if you want to build something that lasts, there are some key parameters that you really need to get a grip on. And two of those parameters are investments and costs. Understanding the difference between the two is vital for the health of your business and your sanity. It sounds simple, but it's easy and common, I find, for teachers to either confuse the two or to seriously underestimate their costs. So let's just break it down a little here. Let's start with costs. What costs do you have to pay to be a teacher? Obvious costs to you are your hall hire, Zoom or similar that you might use, insurance, any booking or CRM systems that you subscribe to, advertising costs such as your website, flyers, etc. But what about the petrol or the software that you might need on a regular basis? What about clothing? What about props or little extras that you purchase sometimes, such as tea bags or chocolate? That's one of my favourites for retreat days. Flowers, paper, ink, lighting, etc. Or sometimes even less considered are bank charges, taxes, accountancy fees, including maybe the use of software such as QuickBooks or Sage the hidden costs of website, such as your hosting fees, that we tend to forget about because they only come up once every two or three years, but they're still there. They're an annual cost. It's really easy to overlook all the costs. But the bottom line is, if you don't factor them in, you're not getting an accurate picture of the actual net profit that you're making. And if you're not really clear about the difference between gross total revenue and gross and net profit, then as the dragons would say in Dragon's Den, you have a worrying handle on your business and they probably would not invest. And here's another thing that I find teachers bury their head in the sands about quite a bit. The return on any advertising spend. Now that's a topic for another podcast But a simple one-line question here that I think is really relevant is how much has a particular piece of advertising that you've done recently brought you in, in terms of revenue? How much did it cost to do that advertising? And how much is that new student worth to you over, say, the next 12 months? 
If you don't know the answer, or if your brain is reacting with what I call the pushback feeling of this icky talk, then perhaps making a living from teaching is not really for you. Keep it as your give-back project and make your income elsewhere. Seriously, I've got lots to say about the mindset around money talk and the difference between head and heart. But these are bite-sized nuggets, so that's all I'm going to say about that for the moment. But let's come back to investments. Unlike costs, investments mean that you pay out initially, but you can see a return on what you paid out that's greater than what you actually paid. Some advertising can be an investment. Indeed, it should be. As long as you've measured how much money that advertising has cost and then brought in in revenue. If you're bringing in more new students than you're paying out in advertising, it's an investment. Let me give you an example. For around seven or eight months of the year, I pay between 90 to 150 pound for advertising in a free local magazine which goes through people's doors in my targeted areas. I get at least five to 10, if not more, inquiries from each of these ads every time I place one. And I get at least four or five regular students join my classes, of which most of those will join a membership that's worth at least £25 a month. And on average, a typical student will stay for me for 18 months or more once they join. Now that means that one student is worth an average of at least £450 to me. So paying £90 for an ad is totally worth it. But the only way to know that is to have my business head on and measure it. Let me take another example, perhaps we'll all recognise as yoga teachers. The cost of your training. Now you might say to me, well that was an investment. Well, yes, it was an investment if all you chose was that it was for your personal development and the only return you were looking for was to feel better, feel healthier, go deeper into your practice, then you probably got the return on investment that you wanted. However, if you were hoping to bring in income from teaching, has that investment been paid back with a profit or not? If it hasn't, it's a cost not an investment. I know some teachers who have literally paid thousands for their yoga teacher training, and then they've gone on to do further teacher training in anatomy, specific styles of yoga, yoga therapy, the list of providers out there all dying to take your money for deepening your knowledge is vast. But if you can't attract and bring in students who over time will give you a return on that investment, it's not an investment. It's a cost. I encourage anyone that I work with to really consider, do you actually want a business or do you want a hobby? And I tell them a line that I got from one of my mentors that I think it's worth pasting on your wall and remembering. It goes like this. Treat your yoga business like a business and it will pay you 
like a business. Treat your yoga business like a hobby and it will cost you like a hobby. Which is it you're looking for? And if you're looking for a business and you'd like to know how I can help you generate between two and four thousand pounds sterling per month teaching just part time, then drop me a line at shona at fastmail.com. I'm all about helping teachers grow a real sustainable income of between two and four thousand pounds sterling each and every month. An income where you'd actually feel the benefit in your bank account, grow your confidence and your skill as a teacher and have a rewarding career. If that's you, subscribe to this podcast and get in touch. Thank you for listening. I hope you find these tips helpful. With over a decade of experience and into my 70s now, I'd like to think that I can help other yoga teachers find a rewarding career teaching yoga. I run a foundation training course in business skills for yoga teachers designed specifically to give them a solid base and business savvy upon which they can build and scale up if they choose. If you're interested in learning more, drop me a line at shona at fastmail.com. Meanwhile, do subscribe to the podcast. Let me know if you have any feedback or topics you'd like to listen to. And go out there and bring your yoga to the students that you were meant to serve. Namaste. Namaste.